This podcast is brought to you by Easton. There are those who play and those who watch, those who cheer and those who are cheered, those who know that every hit has a bat, every catch has a glove, and every game a winner. At Easton, our passion is delivering a complete system of unparalleled technology and advanced products designed to give baseball players an elite edge. Easton Baseball, built to win. Welcome once again, everyone, to our Baseball America podcast. John Manuel, Aaron Fitt joining you. Aaron is our College World Series preview. We're going to preview the what we are uh, officially calling the left bracket. Left bracket. That would be last the Miami. Year, yeah. Last year we called it the left coast bracket, but this year That's right. uh, just one left coast team out there. Only one Pac-10 team this year, uh, two West teams, three ACC teams, two SEC teams, and one Conference USA. Nice balance. Nice balance. Rice, of course, representing for the Lone Star State of Texas. Uh, you got North Carolina, LSU, Fresno. But we're going to talk about that bracket tomorrow. Today, you get the left bracket. Number one, national seed Miami. Number eight, national seed Georgia. Stanford. And number four, national seed Florida State Aaron. So let's kick it right off at the top. Miami v. Georgia. And the Hurricanes coming off a super regional, very difficult super regional against Arizona. They really had to scrap their way through that. Georgia, meanwhile, also a three-game series against North Carolina State. A little bit easier time of it. Two blowout wins. None of those three games are really what you'd call competitive. Uh, but Miami clearly is going to be the favorite coming in here. They've only lost nine times all year. They've only lost back-to-back games once all year. That was in North Carolina. They've won a series against Florida State. They just won this series against Arizona. Meanwhile, Georgia stumbled late. But, the, you know, it's like Georgia's kryptonite seemed to be Alabama, basically. But otherwise, Georgia has been pretty good. The other, the other kryptonite for Georgia, of course, was Pac-10 team. So maybe they don't want to run into Stanford, seeing as how they lost series to Arizona and to Oregon State. But that was back in February and March, Aaron. This is a different Georgia team. And right now, I think Georgia's strength versus Miami is Georgia's got better pitching depth. Frankly, they just have yeah. better pitching than Miami does. Well, you know, I don't agree with that. I think they have better pitching depth. And so okay. uh, I think Georgia's probably more able to run through the loser's bracket maybe than Miami is for that reason. Uh Miami has better front-line pitching for me. I'll take Chris Hernandez over anyone that Georgia's going to start every day of the week because Chris Hernandez is really, really good. Uh, he, he is really, he, really he, good. Now, he, that, that said, he's not untouchable. I mean, and let's see how he reacts to being used yeah. in a unique way. That is, first, a, that is a factor. His innings count is up really high already. Not like he's been abused or anything. He's just pitching more innings because he's been so good. He's up around 115 innings. Last weekend in the Super Regional, he pitched. He started the first game. He relieved, got four outs in the third game. So maybe that's the day you throw a bullpen, but, boy, it's a little different throwing your bullpen from throwing an inning in a third relief in a Super Regional clincher game. How does Chris Hernandez bounce back from that? I think that's going to be the big key. Yeah. He does have a good cup fastball that allows him to get in on right-handed hitters. It's a weapon for a left-handed pitcher against a righty, and that's yep. mostly right-handed bats. Uh, the key bat, obviously, for Georgia is Gordon Beckham. Uh, you want to do a quick position-by-position thing here? Do you want to do an overall uh, we've already talked about the pitching. You like Miami's front-line pitching. I would say uh, Miami's number one starter in Hernandez is the best starting pitcher in this among these two teams. Yeah, I would think so. And, and here's, I'd here's the other an thing. I actually give an edge on Gutierrez over Fields myself at closer. Me too. I really do. Like I, I think Gutierrez has been much stronger in the second half of the year than Fields. I like Miami. And, and, and you know, Georgia has a deeper bullpen. That's yeah. really where their pitching depth comes in is in the bullpen because their their rotation – 
I mean, has been a little bit shaky here. I mean, what do you do if you're Georgia? One weekend you get uh, a good start from, from Nathan Moreau, and the next weekend you get a good start from Steven Dodson, but they neither of them can string two straight good starts together here in the postseason. Do, what do you do after after Trevor Holder? Really, who is their ace? Right? Is Nick, Nick Montgomery right now? Nick Montgomery, you gotta, I think you have to think about him to start the first game. He's pitched the best for them the last two weeks. That said, he's only made four starts all year. I mean, will he hold up as, as a starter throwing a lot of innings these last couple of weeks? Uh, maybe he will, but I don't know. He could become the guy who's like the moment of truth, middle relief guy, or a guy who you throw into the breach whenever Miami's really rallying in a game. Obviously, it's not, they're not just playing Miami, but in this first game matchup, I do think that the, the key to me is how will Miami's lineup play in Rosenblatt Stadium? Miami's got a powerful yeah. lineup. To me, I think Georgia's going to throw a left-hander because left-handers, you know, Blake Ducote, Dennis Rabin, Yonder Alonso. You're going to – I think you – Push comes to shove, and Georgia's pitchers are all kind of the same guy. You're going to want to go with a left-hander because Alonzo is Alonzo. To be Miami. So are they going to start Nathan Moreau, do you think? I think they will. I think they will. I don't think they will because he's been just inconsistent. I mean, I don't think think you can throw that guy out there. Miami will feast on on a guy who – can't locate and and listen these guys Miami they don't need to hit home runs to beat you I mean that's correct. they've got guys who can use the gaps I mean Jamal Weeks and, and Blake Tacody uh, you know yeah they can hit they can run into balls they can hit home runs but they also are they can wear out the gaps and the lines and Ryan Jackson I've seen him use the whole field this year he's a very solid I mean, six hole hitter you know and 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 Yonder Alonso yeah he's a big power hitter but there's not a better hitter in the country I think you and I agree yeah pure hitter than Yonder Alonso it's him uh, and him and Gerald Posey Gerald Posey you know <laughs> Brett Wallace in that mix I mean there's 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 some Dustin Ackley we talked about this yep. morning. Uh, there's some there's some good hitters left, but, but yonder, yonder is yonder. That that's the point is you're not gonna these these aren't just a bunch of guys who are gonna stand up there taking their hacks. They're not gonna be out of their element because they're in a, a ballpark that doesn't play quite as offensively. And I bet you they'll still hit their share of home runs this week. But uh, I agree. I do. I think Miami. I think that Miami is set up very well to win in Omaha. They have the I, I six agree. pitcher, five or six pitchers you're looking for. I do think that it's a fair criticism of Miami to say that it's kind of a front-running team. It's going to be hard for them. It's harder for them to come back. They have the offense to come back, but their pitching is not really set up to be a comeback. Kind of, Who's their guy that you throw in there to kind of hold the other team where they are? Yeah. I don't know who that is if their starters got to a bad start. So Really, the, I, think, I think the key figure in this whole thing for Miami might be David Gutierrez. It might because be. They need, like we, we talked about those the you need six Gutierrez pitchers. Brother. And they've got five that they've been leaning on all year, Hernandez, Erickson, Garcia, Gutierrez, and Bellamy. And then David Gutierrez has, has been pretty good for them for the most part. He's got to be that sixth guy. I agree. Uh, you, you, you've got to have – if you're going to go with six pitchers, you've got to have them all be pretty good when you get to Omaha. I think Miami's are all pretty good. I'm a little bit less confident in their pitchers now than I was a couple weeks ago, but I think they're pretty good. So we both agree uh, that, that we, out of these two teams, we like Miami's chances. I like Miami's chances a lot better than Georgia's personally. I would agree. I think Georgia's a very good team. I think that uh, eventually Gordon Beckham has to have more help. And I just don't think – I think that was enough in the SEC. I think that was enough against NC State's kind of modest offense. It was enough against Georgia Tech, which really, in my mind, shouldn't have been a 2C, but whatever. They've had a pretty easy road, John. I hate to say it because I have a lot of respect for NC State. They've beaten the fourth and fifth best teams in the ACC. And, you know, that's fine, but the top three in the ACC were a lot better. Look at what Miami's had to go through. I mean, it's to me, is no comparison. There is no comparison. So we're both uh, giving Miami the edge on that side of that bracket. On the other side, Stanford and Florida State and – Again, this is this side of the bracket. Aaron's got some uh, some college World series history. Miami with four titles, Stanford with two, Florida State with eighteen trips cumulatively to Omaha, 
And Georgia, I believe it's what five trips now. Five. Uh, five trips with a national title back in 1990. So you got seven trips, seven titles, I should say, between these teams on this side of the bracket. Whereas the other side, you only got uh, your six titles. You got five LSU, one Rice. So historically, this is the stronger. This side of the bracket has a little bit more history, a little bit more. Uh, of course, it's the other side of the bracket that uh, has had two teams be in Omaha each in the last three years. More so it's interesting. History. It's it it, it's a kind of a clash between your traditional powers and your modern powers, if you will. I, I think it is. I think that's kind of what it is. And uh, you know, Stanford, Florida State—they have a little history in Omaha. Uh, Stanford's just a fascinating team to me, Aaron, because uh, some of their they're 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 thought of as this very offensive team, and they are. They're one of the more offensive teams in the West Coast. And yet the coaches you talked to in getting the scouting reports talked about the key to their whole deal being their up-the-middle defense and how improved it is over past Stanford, uh, recent Stanford models, yeah. including last year's 500 team. Talk a little bit about that and what – will that defense – are they good enough on the pitching and defense side to hold back a Florida State team that led the nation in offense this year? Yeah, you know, and I, and I think – Really, when you compare these two teams, I think they're pretty similar. And at Stanford's greatest asset is they're a much stronger defensive team than, than Florida State. And both these guys, uh, both these teams are using uh, freshmen at third base. Uh, but but Zach Jones, I think, is a lot stronger than, than Stuart Tapley. Utah represent on Zach uh, Jones. Jake Schlander is, is a premium defender at short. Obviously, you're losing a lot of offense when you compare him to Tony Delmonico. Sure. But, the, but I think he more than makes up for it. I think he's just what they need because they've got plenty of offense in that lineup. They just need a guy who's going to be slick at shortstop. It's the most important position. You know, you could argue oh, it is, no. it's the most important position on the diamond defensively. Well, both, both teams are pretty great behind the plate. I mean, yeah. Buster Posey and Jason Castro, the first two college catchers drafted, you know, fifth and tenth overall. I mean, these are these are both the best players on both teams are catchers. Yeah, Buster Posey's kind of otherworldly, I guess. Here, Aaron, who's got the stronger starting pitching? I think Jeremy Blyce being healthy and the way he pitched against Cal State Fullerton. That's a factor that I don't think Florida right. State can match. It continues to be an X factor, though, because he's yeah he's pitched he pitched really well this past week. He pitched well two weeks ago, but not great. But not Good great. Enough. Will he? I mean, he's he's you know he's made two starts in the last what three four months. Oh, absolutely. I mean, will, two starts will, in the last two mo- three months. Will he be able to keep it going? Uh, I don't know. Question. I mean, I, I think he, he certainly has good stuff. We know that. We know that he's he's 88-91. He's got the curveball. He's got the changeup. He's a three-pitch lefty. He bounced back very well from throwing four innings against Arkansas and then throwing six a week later against Fullerton. How will he bounce back the next week? If he's strong, I mean, he's a good matchup for Florida State, although Florida yeah. State does have, again, Posey's right-handed. Most of their bigger bats are right-handed bats, it seems like. So So it's it's that's – I mean, I, I think that's one reason maybe where Florida State is just – put up so many runs here uh, in the NCAA tournament, but the first game, it seems like each round they've got some jitters to shake out or something, but they yeah. haven't, they've been shut down uh, in the first game the last two weekends. Well, you know, I don't know what's going to happen here. I think this is a really fun matchup. I, I love the coaching matchup. I love, the, I love the tradition of these two programs. I love the fact that they're both two very good offensive teams. I suspect Florida State will use Matt Farrell, the lefty, mm-hmm. to, try to, to try to combat those Stanford left-handed hitters. Um, you know, which again puts the onus, I guess, on Brett Millville a little bit there in the middle of the lineup as that yep. that big right-handed bat. Um, you know, he's 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 a, been a key guy for Stanford down the second half of the season. Another key, you've mentioned this off air. We've talked about uh, Stanford is that they do have righty bats, they platoon in the outfield corners, right. and Jeff Whitlow, I believe, and Toby Gerhardt. So those platoon right-handed bats. And you've got August sub- and Dumeraki. Right. So if you if you see Farrell, those two those platoon guys have got to come through because you know at some point the game's close. Uh, that uh, Florida State's going to come in with Strauss, their big right-hander. Right. He's got 10 wins. He's up to 95, 96 miles an hour out of the bullpen. 
you know, they're going to come at the moment of truth with Ryan Strauss, and then August and Damaraki are going to have to come off the bench and give you big hits. So Stanford's depth, I think, is going to be tested. I think Florida State's the more complete team. i got a feeling about Stanford, though. i got a hunch. I've had this hunch about Stanford all year. I give a little slight edge to Stanford. I just think that yeah. – um, I, I don't know why, but I give a little slight edge to Stanford. Florida State, though, is if this, this. I've said it before. I'll say it again. This is Florida State's most complete, best chance to win the Coddled Series since they lost to Miami in the finals in 1999. I really could see Florida State just mashing its way right through the championship series because uh, because I think that offense is outstanding. Um, it's experienced. You yeah. know, they, they they have tough outs up and down the lineup. They have power all the way through that lineup. I mean, it's 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 a very good offense. Uh, that said, I mean, you touched on one of the reasons I really like Stanford, the ability to mix and match the depth in their lineup. I think that they've got more depth, I think, on their roster than any of these teams as far as um, beyond just the starting nine guys in the lineup. I mean, I think that versatility will be a major factor for them. Um, And, and, you know, I also like them in the bullpen. I think Drew Storen um, gets overlooked a lot when you talk about these Gutierrez and Fields and even even St. Clair and Wooten on the other side. I mean, you know, Drew Storen's just a freshman, but he's got power stuff. He's also, I think he's 20 years old. He'll be draft eligible next year, I know for sure. Okay. I talked to his dad about that. Drew Storen's dad actually is a host on XM Radio. So uh, I know that Drew Storen will be draft eligible next year. And uh, he's, been, he's a mature freshman. He's a mature physically freshman. And he's pitched very maturely in the postseason. He's been really good for them out of the bullpen. So I think that I think that's a, a good answer for Ryan Strauss. Strauss, of course, is the senior. Yeah. Um, but He's an you know, eighth round pick out of high school, but really took a long time to develop. But there's also still a chance that they could use they could use Strauss in more of a starter or long long reliever role. He's not quite the same the same role as Storin. Right. Sanford doesn't need Drew Storin to to be that to fill that kind of role. They need him at the back of the game to 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 shut it down, and and he does that very well. I almost I, wonder also if Stanford, if Eric Davis is fresh, if they might just give the senior the ball in the first game. And not Blige, just because uh, yeah. it was a right-hander with fastball, curveball changeup from Bucknell, who shut down Florida State. Yeah, you're right. I mean, the closest thing that and Stanford has to Matthew Wilson is Eric Davis. Uh, and, I'm and, just and wondering. Florida State did pretty well against the left-handers Wichita State threw at them. Very good left-handers. Uh, Anthony Capra right. just got Musgrave. hammered. Musgrave pit, you know, hung in there, but he still gave up five runs uh, or six runs, something like that. That was I, five, and five, five runs and five and two-thirds innings, yep. But, but, I, but I think uh, – uh, I think that's a good point. I think you could see Davis or maybe Austin Yount get a start in that first game. I think if I'm Stanford, that's probably what I do. Austin Yount actually is really closer to Matthew Wilson in terms of the velocity. So I think it, I think we're both we both seem like we have a hunch about Stanford. I think we both think Florida State's probably the little bit better team that had the better season. I've got a hunch about Stanford. I'm thinking Miami and Stanford win your first two games, and Aaron, I'm picking Miami to win the bracket. I know I'm going out yeah. on a limb picking the number one national seed, but. I am picking Miami to win the bracket. Yeah, I, I like Stanford a little bit more than Florida State because, uh, you know, like we talked about, I think they're pretty similar in a lot of ways. But Stan- the big advantage is Stanford defensively. Yeah, you're right. Uh, up the middle, you know, the corners all over the place. Uh, I like Stanford in that game, but I also, I mean, I you know, I picked Miami from the start of the tournament. Uh, I'm going to stick with them. I think they win this half of the bracket. And I think we're both saying also that Florida State and Georgia are both the kind of teams, especially Georgia, that can battle back from the loser's bracket has enough pitching depth to win the bracket, even after losing its initial game. I would argue maybe especially Florida State because they've oh, okay. done it the last two weeks <laughs> Great just, by, just by beating the heck out of people. I mean, maybe <laughs> they don't have the pitching depth, but uh, they've got enough arms. You know, Wichita State's pretty doggone good pitching team, yeah, yeah. and Florida State bludgeoned their way back into that. Yep. Great point. So, 
Well, this is what we're going to bring you tomorrow. We'll be on the other side of the bracket, North Carolina, LSU, Rice, Fresno. Today we broke down Miami, Georgia, Stanford, Florida State. You'll have your College World Series preview online at BaseballAmerica.com. We'll be chatting and covering every game from Omaha. It's just a great time to be alive and be a Baseball American. Plus, the draft is in our rearview mirror, so it's less work, more fun. Absolutely. I like that combination. For Aaron Fitt, I'm John Manuel. We'll see you tomorrow on another Baseball America College podcast. Until then, so long, everybody.